We gotta shoot it apart. Hey guys, it's me. It's Tony Mitchell from Mitchell's Kiss of the Gypsy. You're listening to the one and only N.I. Rock Show. How f***ing cool's that? Your rock starts right here.
Welcome to Fred and a Rock Show and Rock Radio Now. That was ACTC, of course, the title track from the For Those About Your Rock, Lisa Lutch album, which was released this week back in 1981. Later in the show, I've got an interview with Steve Overland, but first some new releases. Starting with the Chris Barris Band, a track called Unbreakable, and then Cobra Page with Under One Sun. Page from Cobra and the Lotus, and you are listening to NI Rock Show. Under one sun, the tides are I stand now, was blind as 
This is Dave Rude, and you're listening to Rock Radio NI. Dave Rood, a track from his new album called Hell and Back. Up next this interview with Steve Overland from FAM. We start with a track called One Touch from his new Overland solo album, Six.
Hi Steve, thanks for taking some time to talk to us. Our last interview was actually back in February 2014, almost 10 years ago. And we've been trying a couple of times to really? since, but yeah, I know, 10 years. Well, man. I know. <laughs> I have spoken to her since then on Jim, but um, you're a hard man to get hold of, as I was saying. <laughs> well, I'm just, yeah, I probably am, actually. Yeah, but, <laughs> you know, but it's nice to talk to you again after so long, anyway. I know. You know? I want to start, first of all, with the latest release. The new Overland album, Six, was released through Escape Music on the 28th of October. Yeah. Overland albums have actually been released through Khalil Escape, as well as some other albums. You must have yeah. a great relationship with Escape and with Khalil. Oh, he's great. He's fantastic. I mean, I first worked for Khalil probably about 25 years ago, Nigel. I did a, just went in to do a session. He was doing like a foreigner um tribute foreigner album yes. he wanted uh, singers that could do Lou Graham kind of stuff and uh, I went in I met him and I met Steve Morris who I've also yeah. worked with a lot since um, and we just got on great the great thing about him is with me he kind of lets me do what I want which is quite rare in this <laughs> industry <laughs> you know so he just asks me what I want to do and um, he puts me with some great other with other writers and no, he's great. He's he loves his music. He's a real fan, and um, that's really important, I think. You know, these days because a lot of the business is now run by lawyers instead yeah. of music people. Yeah. You know, so it's nice to have somebody that really is passionate about what he does, um, and he really is. So me and him between us have, have made a lot of records. So I love working for him. You know, it's long may it continue. Really, yeah. you know, yeah, he's great. Um, the new album sees you collaborating quite extensively with Robert Sal. The two had worked before on the, on the Groundbreaker albums in 2018 and 2021. Had yeah. you really wanted to work with Robert on an Overland album, or what What, what, what was the arrangement? Um, the reason being, um, to be honest, uh, we I wanted to make a kind of... Every Overland album, Nigel, is kind of because of all the other things I do, I like to make them different from the previous one. Yeah. So... I've done more. I've done bluesier albums like Contagious. I've done the first Overland solo album was quite, I guess you'd say, quite proggy and quite dramatic. The yeah. the uh, Breakaway album. I did it with um, you know, Anders Reinholm, a Swedish guy, and he's very much into his his bands are quite proggy. So I really enjoy the fact that with the Overland albums, I get the freedom to make the kind of album I want to make, which yeah. is great, you know. So. I just wanted to make, funnily enough, I'd seen Toto um, not so long ago live, and I just, I love that band, you know. I just yeah. thought, I want to make this album like a Toto record. I want it to be a very musical, melodic rock record. And the obvious person that you can make those records with is Robert, because he's such a musical person. And um, he gets what you say. We have a great relationship. We're great friends. He's probably the, one of the nicest people you'll ever meet in, in this business. And so he sent me a couple of tracks over, and they were exactly what I, what I wanted the album to be. So we just carried on, and we, we wrote a, what, an album that I'm really proud of. I think it's a great record, you know, and and um, he is too. So just hit the choice. He is the obvious man. If you want to make a really musical Toto star, unless you can get David Pace yeah. and Steve Lukather, he's your man, right? <laughs> you know, so, um, you know, and he came up with all the great stuff when we wrote it together, so, you know, really pleased with how it came out. How would you compare it to the Groundbreaker albums? Was it more different, I still see that different focus then? Um, it's different because 
the brief with Groundbreaker, as Serafino, the head of um, Frontiers Records, just said to me, look, Steve, don't veer off of the brief. I want you to make an out-and-out -out 80s AOR record, yeah. the first Groundbreaker record. He said, I don't want any blues coming into I don't want anything. I want indiscreet. I want 80s AOR, and that's what it has to be. So, you know, that's what it is. Groundbreaker is totally... A, a, a hankering back to the 80s, that kind of big yeah. polyphonic keyboard sounds, things like that, you know. So I think the approach on the Overland album is, is totally different, you know, to, to what we do when we do Groundbreaker, you know. Okay. So other than yourself and Robert, who else is involved in the album? Oh, we've got um, an old friend of mine. We've got an old friend of mine called Bob Richards on drums who played with Asia, played with, plays with all sorts of people. He's um, Isn't Keith Atax's new band? Um, that's it. He is, yeah. yeah. He yeah. is, yeah. Yeah, so um, he just plays with a lot of people. I mean, he's even done a little bit of playing with ACDC when yes. they were looking for a drummer. He's just a real good, solid, he's like Cozy Pal, very yeah. solid. And um, because the songs are quite technical, he's a great choice because he keeps things simple, if you know what I mean. So he just holds it all together. And... Um, We've got this um, a, a bass player called Chris Cliff who plays with Jim a lot, you know. Um, Chris is probably, and I've played with him many times in the past in various albums and stuff, but Chris is just a, one of the best bass players really in the country. He's kind of like really technical. He can do anything. And he's um, he's a great all-round. He's, he's a great guitar player. He's a great everything. But he gets on your nerves, you know. <laughs> but... Um, but uh, He's a great guy, and um, as I say, he he was a good choice to to do this particular record because it's quite a technical record to play, you know. Once again, there's a great artwork for the album, and actually a very nice yellow flame vinyl edition which I pre-ordered. Do you get involved in that side of things at all, and with with the covers or with the vinyl, or do you just leave that to Khalil and, and Liam? No, no, we do everything together, me and Khalil. So I'm very much into the thing with me, Nigel, is I come from. Decades ago, I've been doing this for a long yeah. time. So for me, for me, making an album is still the same as it always was. I know yeah. it's all changed. And I know people often don't buy albums; they just download the the audio from wherever they want to download it from. But to me, it's still the same process. I still want the sleeve to be great. I want all the presentation to be there that was there yeah. when I was making albums 35 years ago. Because I think it's important. I think rock fans love that. Yeah. You know. And it makes them want to go out and buy the stuff. And if you do it to a really high standard, which I have to say, Khalil's second to none on his quality of his stuff. Yeah. He really does go for it, you know. And um, he'll always say to me, what do you think about flame red vinyl on it? Or what do you think about this? And he's just, he's great with that that side of things, you know. And so, yeah. you know, we but we, we always make every decision, even on the songs for the album. I write them and we talk about what we want to do. As I say, he's, We've been friends for a long time, Nigel, so we, we, we never really have a disagreement. We come yeah. to the same conclusion, you know. Um, so, yeah, I have a say in everything, which is fantastic, you know. No, it's great. And the, the Skip website's great, and I've worked quite a lot of your stuff and other people's stuff through it too. Like, and it's not overly expensive compared to some vinyl, I have to say. No, but no, it's, exactly. It's always a great package, but you get signatures and whatever else, like, so. Absolutely. He's very much into, like, because he's old school as well, he, he's got this thing about ripping off the fans. He doesn't yeah. like it, yeah. you know. And um, he's just, as I say, he's, he's just a 
a massive vinyl collection and his record collection is is massive, second to none. He's a proper rock music fan or just music fan really. So it's great to work with him because he gets he's so enthusiastic about everything. It's not just all figures and numbers and what yeah. can we make and dee 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 dee. Yes, he he's in it for the music, you know, which yeah. is great. Um, when we spoke back in 2014, you just released the third um, Overland album, Epic, at that time. So roughly, what, every three years since? In terms of writing, yeah. do you write specifically when you know you're about to record an album, or are you writing songs constantly and think, well, that's an uh, Overland song, that's an FLM song, or how does that work? No, I basically, Nigel, what I do is I, I talk to Khalil, because obviously with, I've got the Kings of Mercy, I've got yeah. loads of different things with different yeah. labels that I do and different people, so... When Kalu wants me to do an album, I've just finished another Lone Rider album. Simon yes. Kirk's doing the drums in America at the moment. So he'll, he will tell me when he wants me to make whatever record. And then I basically talk to him about who I'm going to make this record with, yeah. you know. And um, we decide, and then we contact them as we did with Robert or with Tommy Denendra or with Simon Kirk and Steve, you know. Yeah. And, um, and we just make a plan. And so I then start although I'm probably writing for another two albums at the same time, yeah. I start writing songs, because I'm in the middle of the new FM album at the moment. Yeah. We're, we're trying to get that done. So, you know, it's like, I like the fact that I can just veer off and do different records. It takes you away from the other album. Yeah. And so that when you come back to it, you're not repeating yourself. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. um, you get away from things and go and work on it. So if I go away and work on Kings of Mercy, which is like detuned heavy rock yes. three-piece stuff you know yeah. it's so totally different to an fm album it it takes me away from that kind of genre for a while so when i come back i'm excited about it again yeah. you know so um i've always been well i mean i'm much to my wife and family's dismay i'm a workaholic i just like <laughs> doing as much stuff as i possibly can and i was just uh, she's just coming i've just had i'm doing some stuff for a gaming company tomorrow yeah. singing on video i just like doing everything you know, yeah. I just love it. You know, it keeps it interesting. Right. And talk about being busy, is any chance of doing some Overland tour dates, you think, or are you just too busy? No, no, absolutely not. Me and Khalil have talked about this a lot, and I've already put the Firefest in next yeah. year, which I will do with the band that's playing on this record. So, and Robert's going to fly in from Sweden. And I just wanted to get it up and running, really, Nigel. So we, yeah. I was asked to do it. I said yes. And now that's a good benchmark for getting Overland up and running so that I can run it alongside FM. When FM yeah. are not going to be touring, I can go out and do some festivals in Europe yeah. with the Overland thing. Because it's high time I did, you know, for Khalil as much as anybody else. Because as we know, really and truly, you have to make rock music a live and breathing thing. There are so many things that are just put together that come out as projects, aren't they? You know, yeah. and I don't want Overland to be there. I mean, it's just finding the, the bloody time to do it. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I will do, I will do. And I've said next year, I'll put it in because it will make me get the band together. And it will mean we can make a bit of money going out and touring as well, which will be great for everybody, yeah. you know. Uh, we'll play a track from the, the sixth album now. Do you want to pick a track and maybe tell us something about it? Um, oh, I love, I, there's a lot of them I love. I mean, Together Alone's a good rock track. So let's play Together Alone. Okay, we'll play that.
FM recently launched the first headline show in Belfast for many years next May, thankfully. That's yeah. part of the Old Habits Die Hard 40th anniversary tour. What can you tell us about yeah. that tour and what are your thoughts on getting FM back to Belfast? I love Belfast. I came back there with Jim recently. Yes. And did a little gig just outside, just an acoustic gig. We don't come to Ireland enough, Nigel. We don't. You know, it's all it is is routing and the, trying to fit when we can get dates there in with when we're touring and it's easy to get over and do it. Yeah. And um, more often than not, you, you find you, you, you can get a date in Belfast, but then you can't get one in Dublin the following yeah. night. Yeah. So you, if you're going to come to Ireland, because it's not cheap to no, be able to bring yeah. a band to Ireland, as you yeah. probably know. So um, we need to do more than one show, you know, ideally. So that's been the problem. As you know, we've done many great. I mean, one of the first tours we ever did with FM was with Mama's Boys in Ireland, yeah. you know? And um, I've been trying to, we've come back with Foreigner and Journey. We've done some great gigs in Ireland, really great gigs. And we have a big affinity, we had a big affinity with Ireland because our manager and agent was yes. Steve Strange, yeah. you know? So um, for us, it was always a big thing going there. And when Steve was around, it was much easier because he had all the, the clout and he could get us pretty much what we wanted to do when we wanted yeah. to do it. But, Obviously, poor old Steve passed away. So we're now trying to get things back together so we can come there on every tour. Hence, we're coming on the, the, the 40th anniversary because that's got to be the start of us coming every time we tour, you know. So um, we love it. The people are fantastic. We have great fans out there. We haven't been for a while, so we just need to come on. When me and Jim Kemp did the acoustic thing, it was amazing. It was a little gig, and yeah. the, the, love, the love for it was great, and... Everybody was saying the same thing. When are you going to come back out? Yeah, you know, and it's um, so it was inevitable we were going to come back out next year, and hopefully that's the start of things to come. Really, you know. Yeah, that was a great. The Diamond Drop Club and Hawk. That was a great evening. Uh, I was there, with, um, but it was a great show, and hopefully some more yeah. in the future too. Um, yeah. Since our last interview, there's actually been I was counting up. There's been five FM studio albums in the last ten years. So the band goes from strength to strength. Um, the last album was 13, which is 2022. You mentioned earlier on that you were working on the next album. So what's the kind of rough time scale for that? Well, we had a few setbacks this year, obviously. Yes. Um, Jem, Jem was ill, keyboard player. He had, um, he unfortunately was diagnosed with throat cancer. So we had that put us back a few months. Um, then with my brother passing yes. away, that put me back for a little while. So um, we were a bit behind with it. So... It's a great record, Nigel. We're really pleased with what's happening. Pete's in Scotland doing some drums at the moment. So um, we're just all working in different places, moving it along. And the mixes, we've got five mixes done. It's, it's all happening. It's just, you know, Jim does it. Jim's just been doing some dates on his own. We're out the end of this week. We're doing the um, Winter Storm Festival in Scotland. Yes. Um, then we're doing Home Firth with Deer. Our old friends dear, we do a lot of stuff for them. It's a good, it's a good bill. And then we're doing a headline show on Sunday. So there's a few dates left in this year, five dates to be honest, uh, to be, I think, I think it's five. Um, and then we're just working around all the other stuff to get as much FM time as we can. So we're hoping to have it done by early December, which okay. means it'll come out next March, next April, something like that, I would say, you know. Three Frontiers again, yeah. Yeah, through Frontiers, yeah. Yeah, we got um we got another we did a, a new deal with them. I mean they're a great label too. They look after FM. They're Serafino and the the label are big fans. So 
it makes life easier and they do the same thing really they they let us get on with what we're doing you know and um we just take the album when we've done it and they normally are very very happy with it and we just it's it's done we deliver the artwork to them and you know they're a great label for us they, they're really cooperative and, and helpful you know um, you mentioned Steve Strange earlier, and I know your previous time in Northern Ireland before um, the Diamond Rock recently was No Hot Ashes. Once we came over yourself to do an acoustic introduction for the band. Um, yeah, um, yeah, they, yeah. Sorry, carry on. Mate. Yeah, I've seen Eamon and other guys too. Everyone has a, a great Steve story. Um, what's your favourite one? Oh, blimey, how long have you got? <laughs> <laughs> Steve, I have to say, I'm not going to give you a story because some of them you couldn't possibly write no, out. I know. But, uh, <laughs> but um, you know, that man was one of the the big, biggest hearts, biggest characters I ever knew. You know, he was just a unique man in every yeah. way. And um, we were very lucky, Nigel, because he put on his his very first gig that he ever promoted was FM Acoustic at the Limelight. Yeah. The first gig he ever did. So his love for FM as we grew and grew and grew, and he grew with us and became what he became, one of the biggest people in the business. We did it together, really. When we got back together after the breakup, he came to our first show with Fast Eddie. You know, and God rest his soul as well. Yeah. He came to the gig, and at the end of the gig, he came up and said, what are you going to do? He said, because if you're going to do this properly again, I want to do it with you. Bear in mind, at that time, he had Eminem, Robbie Williams, Snow Patrol, yeah. Coldplay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. So to come, we were just restarting again. And to be honest, to, to stop without him, we would never have gotten back to where we are. Never. You know? And um, he's a massive loss for the band. He always will be, you know, because now we, we're a bit left out. We were a bit kind of... I guess adrift for a while when he died because we, we it was he was such a mentor, you know. Um, but he was just you know in his apartment in in Belfast when we came out there his his penthouse apartment. I yeah. mean, as I say, there's nothing you can really write down about it. Most of the stories I can tell you, you wouldn't want to remember. You know, he was just a larger than life character, the, the unrivaled. There'll never be another Steve Strange. That's all I can say. Yeah. You know, he was a one-off, a one-off. Definitely. We mentioned the last FM album was 13, which was released last year. I thought I'd play a track from that now. Do you want to pick a track from that album? Uh, Paul Imey. I mean, I love the ballad that Jem wrote. I love The Long Road Home. So, yeah. in contrast, I think it's such a great blues ballad. And it was one of the, when we had lockdown, Jem became a song. Jem went, he's got a great studio at his house. Um... And he wrote loads of songs for the 13 album. He'd never written a song for any other FM album. He came up with such great songs. And that song, when he played it to me, I just thought, what well, it tells the story of what we do and what we've done all our lives. It's a, it's a great song with a great lyric, you know. So The Long Road Home is a great tune to play. Okay, we'll play that one.
the involvement had quite a few projects since the last spoke. Um, Groundbreaker talked about Logan Rider. You mentioned you're working on another one, which I'll ask about in a second, and also Kings of Mercia. Um, yeah. Lone Rider released two albums through Escape, 2019 and 2022. Um, again, both one vinyl. On that album, or that band, you're working with two of your former shadow man bandmates, Chris Childs and Steve Morris. Yeah. Well, Simon yeah, yeah. Kirk from, obviously, Free and Bad Company. Where did the inspiration for that collaboration come from? Oh, that was um, that was my baby, really. I've, for, for years and years, um, because of, I guess, now with all the technology in studios and FM's albums are quite technical. There's a lot of sequences and stuff like just to make it basically relevant in this day and age. But I had in my mind that I wanted to make, go into a studio with four people and play songs live like we used to and make a retro 70s rock record. That was yeah. my dream. For, for, and so I was put it to Khalil. I said, not loads of overdubs, just go into a studio, put the backing tracks down all together, I'll sing a guide vocal, so you get that real live band vibe. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that you often miss now because that, lots of albums are done remotely because studio people record like yeah. Simon's recording drums in a and that was the yeah. way it was. So the yeah. first Lone Rider album, I put it to Khalil and I said, I want to write an album like the first Bad Company album, like Highway by Free. I want to make one of those kind of records. And he said, okay, well, who do you want to make it with? So I went to Steve, who's like, such a prolific guy and I said because I know what a massive free fan Steve is you yeah. know and Paul Costa and I said I want to write this record so the obvious choice of bass player I mean I've known Chris for many many years and he is just Andy Fraser he's just a, such a brilliant player you know um, so we asked Chris and in the meantime I was on tour with FM and Khalil said to me right so if we get Chris Charles and we get Simon um, we get Steve he said, do you think we could get Simon Kirk to play drums, to give it real that real feel? And I'm like, wow, well, I haven't spoken to Simon for a long time, but I'll tell you what, I was in playing in Cardiff with FM. I'll, I'll send his management an email. Yeah. So I was sitting in the dressing room waiting to go on, and I just found out the new management, Bad Company's management's um, email and address, sent an email to his manager, said, look, my name's Steve Overland. I worked with Simon many years ago. We toured together in a band called Wildlife. We were really good friends. He knows my brother, too, because this was obviously pre-Chris passing away. Yeah. We, we were really close friends. And, uh, you know, I'm making this album, and he would be the man for the job if he's interested in doing it. My name's Steve Overland. So I sent the email, and within half an hour, Simon personally sent me an email back, you know, and said... Steve, how are you? Great to hear from you. I hope you and Chris are well. I hope everything's good. Following your career with FM, you know, still fantastic voice. Dee -dee 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 -la -la -la. And basically, he said, what's this you want me to do? And I, I said, well, I'm, you are the man for this job, so if you will do it, it would be a real honor to, to work with you again. So I just sent him four demos of, of songs that we'd done for the first time around. And he came straight back and said, I'm in, yeah. you know. And uh, we agreed with Khalil an extortionate fee, <laughs> you know. But since then, he's really got on into doing the records, and he's a big part of it. And this third album is a great album, Nigel. It really is, you know. And as I say, the drums are now done, I think. So the next stage will be me and Steve will go in and do some proper guitars on it. Chris has done his bass but wants to now 
listen to what Simon's played to his guide base. So we're in the process of that album's three quarters of the way through, you know, okay. and that would be another band. I mean, what a band that would be to tour with yeah, Chris yeah. Charles and Simon Kirk and Steve. Yeah. So, you know, that's another thing in the pipeline. So I just love doing all the different things. I, as I say, with that, then you've got um, Kings of Mercy, which is absolutely yeah. so totally different again. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I just love all the things to be really different. And I've, I work with some young writers, pops, people that have got production deals. I just like to do everything, really. You know, I really do. Third album, third album sometime next year then, mid next year possibly then? For absolutely, absolutely. I mean, obviously with the FM album coming out, um, we have to plan all these records so yeah. that we don't conflict. But yeah. um, I would imagine it will be finished when it, by Christmas. Um, so then it's a case of getting the right mix engineer. So that will start, obviously, as you well know, being, you being in the business, that everything shuts down about the 15th of December yep. and doesn't yep. open until January, does it? Yeah. You know. So I reckon we'll start mixing it mid-January. So it will be ready for release probably by by early February, middle of February. But then we've got to plan it around all the other releases, obviously. You know, so. Well, yeah. play a track from the latest Lone Rider album, Sundown. Do you want to pick a track from it? From the Lone Rider album? Which one? The, the, the last one or the first yeah, one? second one. I'll tell you what, why don't we have, why don't we play the, Sundown, you want one off? Yeah. Well, either, either or, it doesn't matter. Do you know what, why don't we play Lone Rider, the track okay. Lone Rider, because that's, uh, that's kind of very, very early free sounding. So, it kind of sums up what the band's about, you know? Okay, we'll play that one.
we were just talking about Lone Rider and Simon Kirk. I wanted to talk very briefly about Wildlife, if that's okay. Yeah, sure. First album, Burning, was released in 1980 and featured now FM drummer Pete Jupe. But the second album featured Simon Kirk, which you yeah. mentioned. The first album was re-released by, on CD by Rock Handy in 2021, but the second album, the self-titled one, I think those are CD released in 2009 or something, but it's almost impossible to get. Do you know, are there any plans to re-release that second album at some stage? Do you know what? They've done it. They've put, which, which one are you talking about? Are you talking about Burn It? No, the second one. Oh, that one. I'm sure they did that before they did the first one. Did they? I, I yeah. Find it. 2009. Sure. There was, a, there was one in 2009, but I can't find it anywhere. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I lose track of what Derek's doing because he contacts me and says, would it be okay if I did this and remastered <laughs> this? So I'm, I'm, no, it wasn't them. It was an American label. Yeah, that's but what, that's the, what I, I can see, yeah. Is it something bird? I can't remember. They, I can't remember what the label was called. An American yeah. label reissued that album. Yeah. yeah. 2009. Yeah. If you try and find it on Discogs and stuff, it's like 70 quid for a copy of it or something. So it's, oh, blimey, really. You have, yeah. <laughs> well, in that case, I'll have a word with Derek and we'll see. If, the problem we've got is we'd have to... Um, see what their deal was to get the re-release from Atlantic yeah. Records, the, yeah. the other label, you know, so, but that's definitely worth re-release. That was kind of a cult album, that. It got a really good response and yeah. did a little bit of business in America, so, you know, um, that was a great honour for me, that being in that band when I was so young, because yeah. I got to work with all my heroes, Mick Ralphs, everybody, you know, so it was, a, and I met Paul, and I met all of Bad Co, and you know, it was a, it was a great, great honour for me. I was only about, what, I was about 20 years old when I did yeah. the wildlife thing, yeah. you know. So, um, you know, great honour to, to go and record a record with Simon and have Mick producing it and meeting all the bad co-people and being managed. I was managed by Peter Grant, who managed Led Zeppelin and Bad yeah. Company, you know. So, um, real good time, you know, being on Swanson. I met some real some of my real heroes around that time, you know. Yeah, no, it'd be nice to have because I put the shows together stuff, it's hard to put those tracks on it because you can't find them anywhere in digital format. Um, the, second, the first album, fine, I have it on CD from the Rock Handy release, but that, that second album, self-titled, right. impossible to get. So. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll, I'll have a word. When I see Derek next time, I'll ask me if he fancies doing it because <laughs> lots of people are after that album, aren't they? Lots of people yeah. would like it as a part of a collection. Yeah. So, you know, um, yeah, it's well worth looking into that. It'll just be, as I say, depending on what the label in America did to obtain the record. Are they yeah. to pay a buyout or whatever? I don't know. You yeah. know, so I'll look into it, Nigel. Leave it with me. You know? <laughs> Get back to me. <laughs> um, come back to more recent times. You've mentioned a couple of times Kings of Mercia, the, the debut self-titled album about last year. It's a bit of a very different collaboration for you with um, Fates winning guitarist Jim Mateos. That's right, yeah. How were you approached about doing that project? That was a weird one. Um, I was, it was locked down. Uh, and one of my oldest friends is a guy called Dave Ling, who writes for Classic Rock magazine. Yes. He's a famous British rock journalist. He did he worked for Kerrang and Sounds and everybody really, Dave. And he phoned me up one day and just said, Look, Steve, he said, um, I had an email from a guy I know in America called Jim Mateus. He plays with a band called Fate's Warning, which are like a real kind of prog heavy yeah. band. He wants to make a record which basically gels a singer like Paul Rogers, melodic singer with real heavy, heavy kind of detuned guitars and, yeah. and merge the two styles. He said, and he's looking for a singer. He's got three singers on his, on his list that he wants to use. And he said, you're one of them. So I said, I can probably get in touch with you and find out if you're interested. 
So I said, well, you know, I don't know much about Fates Warning. Obviously, I've heard of them because they're quite a big band in America, yeah. aren't they? You know, so I said, um, I said, yeah. I said, by all means, put me in touch with Jim. So I, I sort of spoke to Jim on email and I said, look, Jim, the, the only way we're going to find out if this is going to work is you send me a backing track and I'll write all the melodies to it, the hooks, and we'll do one song together. That way, if it doesn't work, we haven't spent a load of time and we haven't lost anything, you know. So he sent me a backing track and it was absolutely brilliant. It was Humankind, the track Humankind. Yeah. Well, it became Humankind anyway. And um, it was like a finished master. The production on it was amazing. It sounded massive. And so I wrote Humankind to it. And, um, you know, I thought, this is this is great. I like the, the way it's sounding. So I sent it back to Jim. And he just came back and said to me, this is amazing, Steve. So he, so I'm going to take it to Fates Warning's record company and see what they think. So he just played them Humankind, and they gave us a three-album deal. Yeah. <laughs> just on the strength of one song. Yeah. So, um, so we're now on the second album. That's Simon Phillips has just done the drums yes. in, in, in America. Um, so the next stage with that one, that's another one that's now going to be mixed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so there's a... Line them up. Yeah, there's a backlog uh -huh. sort of thing happening here. But the great thing is it's nice to have all the albums finished because then you can plan yeah. to keep things moving through the year. So yeah. they won't all be finished at the same time. Um, so it means we can plan the year, you know, but... That album's a great record, too. It's, That's it's really a fantastic album. album. Yeah, I really liked it. Again, bought it on vinyl, as I tend to buy most things these days again. Um, but, no, it's a great album. On metal, but yeah, well, you know, you... Unusual label for you to be on, Metal Blade Records. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you have to look at the fact... I mean, what a great band that is, too. You've got Simon Phillips on yeah. drums, who yeah. is second to none. Really. I mean, it's amazing. So, it was, it's a great band, and it's a different kind of thing for me. I've... I have to approach it differently when I sing it. There's no yeah. I love you lyrics. You can't have them. Jim won't have them in, in the no. song. So <laughs> I have to think darker. And it's it's a great thing. For, it puts me to the test. I love doing them. You know, I really do. Yeah. Um, I noticed on Facebook that uh, the bass and guitars were done, and you mentioned the drums were done. Have you done your vocals for it yet then? Or? Yeah. All the vocal. Everything's done. Everything's done. done. Yeah, everything's done. Right. So it's now being mixed. So hopefully pretty soon, Nigel, will have the the finished thing. I really like hearing those albums because they're albums that they come together when they're mixed, if you know what I mean. Yeah. They really do, you know, and uh, we're going to use the same guy and we're now working on the artwork for that because Jim's really into his artwork. So, you know, that's being all done at the moment. So, um, yeah, lots going on, mate, really. Lots going on, you know. That's it. Any chance of seeing that band playing live? What do you reckon? Uh, I'd love to. It's one of those things with that band we're all we really are all over the world yeah, yeah. you know so um you know um we were talking about trying to get some festivals in america once again jim does lots of different things it's just that thing yeah. where we're all over the place if you yeah. know what i mean but we've tried to i mean obviously we're going to shoot some promo videos for the new album so i'm yeah. hoping that jim will come over to the uk because we found out that we have a really good friend who's a filmmaker uh director called Russell Charrington, he's done some work with Fates Warning. It's a small world, mate, really, yeah. isn't it? You know, and um, so I'm now planning to do videos with Russ for the new Overland album. He's in the frame for doing the videos for the next Kings of Mercy album. So hopefully Jim will come over to the UK so that we can 
be actually be in the same room and do it, which yeah. would be lovely, you know. So that's the plan. That's what we're trying to get together. And then we can talk about maybe how feasible it is to get everybody to do some dates because that would be great, you know. Okay. Uh, we'll play something from that album shortly. Which, uh, which track would you like to play from that album? Well, let's play Humankind because it was yeah. the first one we wrote. It was yeah. the track that got it all started. That's, that was the track that started Kings of Mercy. Okay, you know, we'll play that shortly. Um, that's actually all the questions I have for you. Um, again, thanks very much for taking the time to talk to me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Let's not uh, leave it for ten years. Next no, time, we'll, we'll not. We'll, do. We'll, we'll, finish with one, we'll finish with one more track from Six. Again, do you want to pick a track and maybe tell us why you're picking it? Uh, yeah, let me have a think about it. I mean, um, we played Together Alone. One of the tracks that everybody loves, which is a much lighter track, but it was the first track I wrote with Robert for the album, is a song called Disconnected. Yep. So let's play that, Nigel, because as I say, that was the track that got the album started. So let's play Disconnected. Okay, we'll do that. Again, thanks for taking time to talk to me. Much appreciated. Oh, great. Nice to talk to you too, and I'll see you when we come to Belfast. May, yeah. yes.
Hi everyone, how are you all doing? This is Steve Oberlin from FM. Um, we're looking forward to coming to Belfast and seeing you all next year. And you are listening to the NI Rock Show.
Up next, Gutierrez, who played Belfast this week, with Michael Checker Fest, Trickled Heart and Soul, featured Robin McCauley on vocals. Before that, it's a band that was supporting Michael Checker on tour, Night Demon, a track called Escape from Beyond.
morning, good evening. This is uh, Robin McCauley, and you are listening to NI, the rock show with Nigel Jackson. Thank you. 
the new Saxon single, Hell Far and Damnation. Up next is Crossbow and Scully, the new track called Alan Breakable. And we've got Extreme, their little single called The Mask.
That was Magnum, who played Belfast next May, their new single called Blue Tango. Up next is Goddess, new band featuring Ronnie Romero on vocals, their debut single, Take Me to the Mountain. We've got Crazy Licks, their new version of Fire It Up.
everybody. This is Gus G from Firewind, and you're listening to Ni Rocks Show.
That was a new Farwin single called Come On Done. Thanks for checking out the Fred and I Rock Show in Rock Renai. Thanks for two local bands who were mentioned in the interview with Steve Overland. First of Mama's Boys, the classic Power and Passion, then All Ashes, and I called Come Alive.
Yeah.